why California's Consumer Privacy Act of 2018 is a whole new ballgame, the expanding scope of Magecart's breach of Ticketmaster, and the challenges of regulating cybersecurity. These stories and more in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Nick Holland. While California already had some of the strictest and most varied privacy laws in the country, the new California Consumer Privacy Act of 2018 ups the ante even further. This week, Marianne Kolbesuk McGee, ISMG's Executive Editor of Health Info Security, spoke with privacy attorney Kirk Nara, who explains why the California Consumer Privacy Act of 2018 is a whole new ballgame. So, Kirk, what's your assessment of this new law? Is it indeed the strictest state privacy law in the U.S.? And wasn't California already considered as having stricter privacy laws in most states? What's changed? So it's certainly true that California has more and varied privacy laws than anywhere else in the country. They've got dozens of privacy laws covering all kinds of issues. So certainly it's the toughest state for for privacy provisions from the perspective of industry in general. However, this law is a whole new ballgame. And it's particularly important because it essentially applies to all personal data in all situations. There are some exceptions to that, but I mean, the idea is that it applies to everything. And that's very different than not only all the prior California laws, but also sort of the entire approach to privacy and security regulation that we've seen in the United States to date, where the laws have been either industry-specific, like HIPAA or the gram leach bylaw for the financial services industry, or they've been practice-specific, which deals with you know, a particular law for a particular activity. But we don't have one-size-fits-all laws which is why the comparison to the EU's GDPR has been coming up so often. The GDPR in Europe and the privacy directive before that were a single provision that tried to apply to all personal data in all contexts, and this is the first time we've really seen this in the United States. On the subject of regulation, I got the chance to catch up with Deniette de Piero, VP and Senior Counsel with the American Bankers Association at this week's ISMG Fraud and Breach Prevention Summit in San Francisco. I asked Danette about the problems of bringing regulations into being in an environment that is as rapidly evolving as cybersecurity. From a political perspective, if you're a legislator trying to make headlines, show that you're really serving your constituency, grabbing something like privacy or cybersecurity can do, but it's a very difficult thing to do well. Because one of the problems we're finding is that the, the way that legislation regulations get written is very prescriptive. You can, you're allowed to do this, you can't do that. The cybersecurity threat is so dynamic and so evolving. So it's one of the reasons why we haven't seen cybersecurity regulation at the federal level. There's these voluntary uh, guidance. You have something like the NIST framework. Um, we're currently working now on a profile that's going to kind of um, kind of bring together kind of the whole financial services family for uh, of a single point of cybersecurity defense. That again is is it's not a regulation, so it's changeable and flexible. But you know that's one of the concerns we see when we start seeing these municipalities call these rules. That what are you enacting? Because I think also because of the lack of education around cyber and threats, and just that what we're actually also seeing is how they're writing it has this, this conception of cybersecurity that I can only imagine comes from either having watched war games one too many times in the 1980s 
or maybe you watched a lot of, you know, Mr. Robot on Netflix recently, but, but there's this idea of cybersecurity and cyber defense that kind of looks like this guy on a keyboard. And if you try to enact that and prescribe it in these, these really hard regulations, it's very difficult to change. And what you end up happening is a company that, be it banks or others, that are having to comply with these regulations that are supposed to keep them safe. But what in fact they're doing is spend a lot of time on compliance. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. Magecart, the criminal group behind the recent data breach of certain Ticketmaster websites, may have also hit the company's sites in Australia, New Zealand, Turkey and Hungary, according to RiskIQ, which says the group's digital payment card skimmers may also affect as many as 800 other e-commerce sites. Here's ISMG's Managing Editor, Security and Technology, Jeremy Kirk, with more. The group behind the Ticketmaster data breach may have scooped up payment card information from the company's sites in Australia, New Zealand, Turkey, and Hungary. The finding comes from the security company RiskIQ, which has been tracking a criminal group it calls Magecart. It specializes in what RiskIQ dubs digital skimmers or code designed to swipe information disclosed during e-commerce transactions. As part of its Ticketmaster investigation, RiskIQ says that Magecart appears to have compromised several third-party tools used by as many as 800 e-commerce sites. The affected suppliers include web analytics provider PushAssist, Clarity Connect, and Annex Cloud. Magecart has been active since 2015 and has refined its tactics. That includes one used by other bad actors, the targeting of popular third-party software suppliers, which can enable large-scale compromises. Ticketmaster warned on June 28th that malicious code had been planted in automated customer support chatbot software from Inventa Technologies. The code collected names, addresses, email addresses, phone numbers, payment details, and Ticketmaster login details. The customers affected were those who used the company's Ticketmaster International, Ticketmaster UK, GetMeIn, and TicketWeb websites. The compromise occurred between February and June 23rd. North American customers, however, were not affected. Ticketmaster subsequently disabled Inventa's software across its websites. The RiskIQ says it has identified malicious code within a different third-party marketing and analytics service called Socia Plus that's used by Ticketmaster. Magecart appears to have tampered with that company's scripts, and Ticketmaster served them up between December and January. Socia Plus's scripts no longer appear to contain the malicious code. RiskIQ says it's unaware so far if either Ticketmaster or Socia Plus are aware of this breach. The Magecart group continues to improve its digital skimmers as well as its targeting. RiskIQ says it previously went after websites one at a time in order to compromise and plant its skimming code. But compromising third-party suppliers makes the potential victim pool much larger. The incident highlights again the dangers of using third-party tools as an organization's security and reputation may depend on the developers of those tools. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. Finally, at this week's ISMG Fraud and Breach Prevention Summit, I got to speak with Robert Waitman, Director of Data Valuation at Cisco, on the findings of their 2018 Privacy Maturity Benchmark Study, which goes beyond compliance to examine privacy's true impact on cybersecurity in the business. Here's Robert on the findings. Hi, Nick, and thanks for uh, having me join you this morning. Um, we were thrilled to be able to share some information about uh, what delays companies are seeing based on the questions and privacy-related questions coming from their customers. 
We've seen over the last few years increasing concern from customers over how their data is perhaps being used, how it's being stored, who has yeah. access to it, what it's used for. Again, we all know that's the world that we're living in, in the world of data breaches and GDPR and um, New California privacy laws. So this awareness has gone up. And what we wanted to do is really understand how widespread these issues were and whether it was slowing down business uh, generally across mm-hmm. the globe. Um, so we did a survey, double-blind survey of over 3,000 companies, um, and asked the questions about, are you seeing sales delays due to customers asking privacy-related questions? And the results to us were astounding. I mean, the first piece of this was that two-thirds of companies around the world are seeing sales delays due to privacy concerns coming from their customers. And the average delay across all of those companies was 7.8 weeks. So think about that. Nearly two months of delay on some portion of your portfolio due to customers asking and trying to get answers to their privacy-related questions. So those are the findings, but what are the implications? Here's Robert with more. Well, I think every company should take a look at this and understand whether, in fact, they are seeing sales delays in their own environment and for how much of their portfolio. Um, Certain industries, energy, utilities, and others may not have too much PII. Others like healthcare, government, um, financial services have more sensitive data and more PII. So depending on the space that you're in, to think about these issues. Second thing is to take a look at what's causing it. You know, mm-hmm. Is it an informational thing? Can we get better information to our sales force? Can we design our products better? Can we intercede when a customer asks a question and get them an answer quickly so that it doesn't delay the process unnecessarily? Those are all things that we, Cisco, are trying to do um, to address these issues. And again, I would suggest every company to think about what may be causing if they have delays in their environment and what they can do to try to reduce that. Well, that's it for this week's ISMG Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Nick Holland. Catch you next time.